0: Holy flowing, set me apart I know that you're trying
1: Well, I like that song, don't you? What a message, hey, amen. That's good stuff. Hey, amen. I I don't know. I I feel like this is a heavy place today. I don't know why. I just all that talk about money. Let's see here. What do you call a cow that just gave birth? Decaffeinated. <laughs> well, you know, this is what the singles have to endure every week. Yeah. So what do you call security guards working outside, outside Samsung shops? Samsung. Ooh, wow, let me try that again. What do you call security guards working outside Samsung shops? Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I hear you. Well, anyway, that's just a few of them. Boy, I'll tell you what, they don't get much better than that, do they? <laughs> All right. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. (laughs) Amen. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read just a couple of verses and then we'll jump right back in. Again, we're dealing with our theme this year do the simple well. And uh, we've been talking about making it simple. And so that's what we're working on. Let's go ahead and see what we can learn today. Chapter 11, book of 2 Corinthians, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ." And we had noted how Paul and his character were being attacked and the very confidence of those that he had spent his life reaching and teaching was being eroded. Under these extreme circumstances, the Apostle Paul believes it necessary then to defend himself for the gospel's sake. And so he does just that. He had invested selflessly. He had invested endlessly in the lives of each of these people to the very end that I guess that he may present them, as he says, a chaste version to Christ. See, that was Paul's great desire, that upon the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, he would find his bride pure and unscathed, pristine, if you will, from the world, not not uh, having been corrupted by this world, but instead would be certainly prepared and able to meet him and, and be pure in that meeting. But Paul was concerned. He was afraid that they would be corrupted. He was concerned that they just might because of their love of sophistication, would water down the word of God as it had been given to them, had been translated, uh, not translated, but transferred to them. And he was worried that the devil would get a stronghold in their life. See, it was the simplicity that is in Christ that the apostle Paul had desired for these people. The simplicity. We often make the Christian life so awfully complicated. We are a people who complicate things. That's what we do. But the Bible and the word of God is very simple. And God intended that the Christian life be a simple life. And so the Apostle Paul was, was emphasizing and encouraging the, the believers there in Corinth to focus on the simplicity of the gospel and to keep it that way. And so he would warn them continually. He had warned them not to be enamored by those that appeared sophisticated, those that came saying they had something new and innovative. No, the simple Word of God, the simple truths of the Word of God were all they needed, the simplicity of the gospel. And so the Apostle Paul worked to that end. And we said it's important that we keep things simple and then do the simple well. So we began our series by talking about this need for simplicity. And we said, let's talk about the fact or the need to simplify. And we focused on the reason. And we said, the reason is, is that it pleases God, that it promotes productivity, that it promises purpose and that it produces peace. And then we jumped into the next aspect of this lesson and we said, okay, what about this? Not only the reason, but let's talk about to simplify the recipe. How do we simplify things? And so the last time we gathered together, we we noted that recipe. We began by saying, first of all, we have to eliminate clutter. We have to eliminate clutter. We said that there are just too many voices in the world today. It's so important that we're listening to the right voices. Otherwise, confusion ensues. Otherwise, we find ourselves frustrated. We don't know who who to listen to, who not to listen to. We're influenced by others that possibly we shouldn't even be influenced by. And so we said, so many times there are too many voices. But not only that, there are too many options, we said. See, simplifying is as easy as identifying what's most important to you and then eliminating as much as you possibly can of everything else. It's important that we don't make things more complicated than they have to be. When there are too many voices, it can be too complicated. When there are too many options, it can be quite complicated. And so many times as believers, if we were just wise as we ought to be, we would realize that the the main voice we ought to be listening to is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. We'd realize that the options that we should make available to ourselves are those that are only permittable by the Lord Jesus Christ or allowed and permitted in the Scriptures. So many times we're trying to choose things that aren't even permitted by God in our lives. We're creating confusion And the truth is we need to simplify our lives. And so too many voices will do that. Too many options. We need to make our lives simpler. And you know what? There's no better way to make your life simpler than to make the word of God the authority in your life and make up your mind to obey it at all costs. And so we noted we must eliminate clutter if we're going to simplify. But number two of this recipe, and this is where we pick up where we left off, we want to note the fact that we must exercise communication. Not only eliminate clutter, but we need to exercise communication. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and then we'll consider that and another one before we close today, Lord willing. Father, we need you, we love you, we thank you for this time together. Lord, we are grateful for the wonderful building and the place you've given us to worship. We're so thankful for the people that you've brought together today that we might lift your name up Lord, we are here to bring glory and honor to you. Lord, you, you said that we, the purpose for our existence is to please you. Well, Lord, we want to do that. And Lord, especially I need to have you in my life right now. I want you to fill me with your spirit. I don't want to say anything that would not please you, and I don't want to do anything that wouldn't please you. So, Father, fill me with your spirit and allow me to be your mouthpiece today. Father, may you be with every listening ear and may you anoint every ear as well. And may we hear those things that are so needful and necessary. And may we, Father, each of us, simplify our lives in a way that we can do the simple well. We love you. We need you in our Christian lives and in every day of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Number two, we said exercise communication. If we're going to simplify our lives, I believe that communication is a major factor in doing so. A communication clarifies And as a resort, it simplifies. So let me give you an illustration, and it's quite a weird one, I guess, to some degree, but let's just pretend for a moment that you were asked to defuse a bomb for some insane reason. I mean, can you imagine the pressure you'd be under? (laughs) You're going to defuse a bomb. Now, I don't know, you know, everybody's probably seen a show or something where some novice had to defuse a bomb. And I may have maybe somewhere down the road I saw a movie like that or a show, and I thought, "Wow, what an illustration! Maybe not a good one, but an illustration nonetheless And so again, I know it may not be realistic for you to defuse a bomb, but will you bear with me for just a moment? you're on the sp- a speaker phone now, you have your phone out on the table, it's on speaker phone the uh, phone the bomb squad is in touch with you personally, and you know what uh you know at this point, you know, you're hoping that the communication is very clear here. And you're hoping that you can get enough information to defuse the bomb before it goes off. And so they get on the phone with you. They're on speakerphone. You're on speakerphone. And after describing the bomb to the bomb squad, you identi- they identify the trigger. The voice on the other end says, well, based upon your description of the bomb, that you, you will find five wires do you see five wires there? And you begin to count and you say, yes, I do. Yes, yes, five wires. All right, we must hurry. Cut the wire. You, you stop for a second and you pause. Cut the wire. I don't know about you, but it seems to me we have a problem of communication here. I mean, we've got five wires, and the bomb is going to go off any moment. And if I don't defuse the bomb, then we're all going to die. And the fact is, there are five of them. And you get back on the phone and you say, wait a second, there are five wires here. There's a red, there's a black, there's a blue, there's a yellow, there's a green. Which one? Well, I'll tell you what, you want to simplify the process? You need some communication. I don't know about you, but that's not in any way less confusing. I've got five wires. Cut. Cut the wire. That means nothing. You need to communicate even to the next step. It's got to go a little beyond just cut a wire. There are five separate wires in five different colors. You tell me which color wire you need cut, and all of a sudden, my job is real simple. I can do the simple well now. Communication. It can often remove confusion and provide clarity in our lives. And you know what? Clarity can simply be defined as simplicity. The disciples are very perplexed. Things are getting complicated in their lives. Jesus' reputation has, has, has brought the wrath of the Jewish council upon him. They're seeking his life actively. They're searching for him. They're wanting to put him to death. The safety of the master, the safety of every single one of his disciples is at stake at this point. What are we going to do, the disciples are thinking. How are we going to stay alive under these circumstances? How do we bring in the kingdom? I mean, so what did Jesus do? You know what he did? He communicated. Take your Bible, look over at Matthew chapter 16. I mean, they are extremely confused now. There is nothing simple about their situation to this point. And yet the Lord is going to communicate with them and he's going to share some things with them that's going to bring it all down, boil it all down to the simple. Now before we go any further, let me just say, I didn't say easy. I said simple. Watch what he's going to tell them here. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. The Bible says there, From that time forth began Jesus to shew unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders, and chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and be raised again the third day. Turn, if you would, just a few chapters to the right, to chapter 20. Look at verses 17 through 19. Again, we're exercising communication in order to simplify. If you are at a, at, on the job, if you're in school, or wherever you may be, if, if there are good instructions, it simplifies things. Communication simplifies. Now, I must admit, too much information sometimes can complicate. So we have to have balance in that area. But I'm going to say this. Often, the reason why we experience some of the confusion, frustration that we do, whether it's in our marriages, in our homes, in our relationships, whether it be in our churches or, or our workplace, our schools, is often there's a failure or a lack of communication. And it complicates matters. It does not simplify. We're talking about our Christian lives. If you eliminate clutter, you will find simplicity. If you will simply exercise communication, often you will bring simplicity as well. Notice again the Lord Jesus, Matthew 20, verse 17. And Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the 12 disciples apart in the way and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to, to scorn, and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. Now, I don't know, uh, you say, well, how in the world does that clarify anything? Well, there was a lot of questions in the disciples' minds. I mean, all they knew was is that people were seeking out the Savior, the Master. All they knew was that their very lives were even in danger. What's going to happen next? Where are we going to go from here? What's going to take place after this? I mean, what do we do if something happens to the Master? What do we do if something happens to one of us? I mean, there's so many questions. And listen, that is not simplicity. And so what does the Lord do? He communicates with them. I didn't say it was easy what he was going to say, but it certainly made simple what was going to take place. He outlined it. He described it. He he defined what was going to happen very much in detail, even to the point where he would die ultimately, be buried, and what? Rise again the third day. So explanation, clarification, and general information can simplify, but in this case, it didn't bring comfort, did it? I mean, really, it was a tough pill to swallow for these disciples. But it was a clarifying time. It was a time of define, a defining moment. They knew how things were going to go now. They understood his direction, his destination, the details of his apprehension, his death and resurrection. Pretty simple now. Not easy, but simple. And we want to be, make everything as simple as possible. How often do we complicate our lives by not confronting a person? Or a particular situation? Or a problem at hand? We don't face them head on, our problem head on, our situation head on. May I say that that, is a very, that brings confusion in our lives. That brings questions in our lives. That throws simplicity out the window. When we fail to communicate... The lack of communication perpetuates that confusion and even conflict at times. According to the scriptures, if we have a problem with somebody in particular, then we should approach that person personally. That's what the Bible teaches. Turn if you would to Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Matthew 18, 15. Now, the biggest part of our lives and the one that creates more conflict than any other, probably is is our relationships it's relationships now there are a lot of people in the world that aren't rich but if they have rich relationships they are happy relationships are problems or they can be wonderful prizes but communication is so valuable and so important in relationships because what communication really does is it clarifies and it simplifies Watch what happens here. The Lord is being very clear with us in order to help us to maintain open lines of communication to ensure that there is simplicity, not confusion. He says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now again, we are to go to them individually, personally. If we disobey scripture, the stress mounts in our lives. When we know there's an issue, a problem with a brother or sister in Christ and we fail to go to them and address it or whether there's a family member, a friend or acquaintance that we know there's a conflict, there's a problem but we fail to address it and deal with it. We fail to communicate as directed by scripture. Well, then the burden seems to grow. The pressure increases the longer we avoid dealing with that person or problem. Sadly, the problem seems to grow Multi- it just multiplies and multiplies. We pretty soon we begin to speculate as to how they feel and what they're thinking. Then every word that they say is analyzed and scrutinized by us. We begin to determine motive for every action that they have. Every facial expression, every statement that's made. Oh, I saw that. Well, I know what the, I I know I I know exactly what they were thinking. Really? You do? We create scenarios in our minds as to conversations that they may or may not be having with other people. We see them talking to a group of folks in the corner, and we assume they're talking about us. I don't know about you, but that is not simplicity in your life. That is, total com- that is conflict and confusion. They may or may not be aware that you even feel the way you feel. They may not even know that there is a conflict in your mind. And you will say, they should know, but they don't. And yet in our minds, that conflict may continue to escalate into a major battle. We find fault with, we find fault with them at every turn. We are critical and cynical toward them in everything. And there is no way we're going to offer our hand of friendship Until they come repenting with tears. And they don't even have a clue, maybe. So they become the enemy in our mind. Complicating our lives and increasing the conflict that you and I face on a daily basis. Too often those insurmountable grudges that we harbor are born out of relatively insignificant circumstances. Usually they're, they're born out of nothing that was major. It was usually something stupid, simple. I didn't get invited here. They didn't come talk to me. They didn't smile at me. Look how they scorned me. Look, they talked to my friend. They didn't talk to me. I mean, dumb stuff. If we would only obey God and communicate as commanded, we could eliminate the majority of the conflict, thus simplifying our lives and promoting peace. So be clear and clear the air with people. Face your fears. At least you'll know one way or the other what you're to be afraid of. See, life seems so overwhelming at times because there are so many questions and misunderstandings that clutter our minds, making our lives so complicated. Boy, communicate then. It provides us with answers. It'll put our concerns and our fears to rest, or at least pinpoint what we should truly be afraid of. And it'll give us the opportunity to defend ourselves against the real threats. Because so many times (laughs) we're poised for battle and there's not really even a real enemy. It's one that's been made up in our minds, creating conflict and confusion, and there's no simplicity there. And so we live a life of a complicated life. Well, I want to go to church, but I know I'm going to run into that person. I just don't even know if I should go to that service tonight. Why in the world? You're making life so complicated. Go talk to them. Find out if there's even anything wrong between the two of you. They may not even know about it. You say, I just want you to know, brother, I've been upset. I just want you to know you offended me. Oh, really? Why don't you just go to them and say, hey, everything all right between us? Well, why would you say that, they'll say because I, I just feel like every once in a while I've just felt like maybe, and you're, you know what? You're so afraid of being called a baby that you'll live with confusion your whole life. You'll, you'll create a monster in your mind. That person isn't a good Christian. That person's wicked and evil. That person doesn't obey the word of God. I'm glad I'm not like them. The whole time they're just like, they have no clue. I, I'm just saying, simplify your life by communicating. Communicating. And that's just one, con- one situation. I'm going to tell you something. It happens between husbands and wives. It happens between children and their parents and parents and their children. It happens between brothers and sisters. It happens between family members. It happens between friends. And we'll throw relationships out the window. We'll create confusion and conflict in our life because we're unwilling to communicate. And it makes everything so complicated when it could be so simple. Hey, listen, if you don't like me, if you hate my guts, and I know it, then that's simple. Simple. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to do my best to be a blessing to you. But the truth is, my friend, at least I know where I stand. It's simple now. I don't have to guess. I don't have to wonder. I know where you stand, and you know where I stand, I hope. Because if you tell me you hate my guts, I'll still tell you I love you, and I'm praying for you and trying to help you. And you say, well, you don't mean it. That's up to you. You take it however you want. But I have never had anybody tell me that, because so, everybody loves me. But anyway, the, the fact is, is, that, is that we do. We need to address these issues in our lives. Communication will simplify your life. It'll simplify. It'll shed light on your misunderstandings. You know, usually the worst is not what is real. It's usually what we make up in our minds. We all think of the worst scenario possible, and that's what. Listen, the doctor just called you. Oh my gosh, I've got cancer. I probably got two months to live. Don't tell me it don't happen, because that's our nature. But we do that with people too. We think the worst. Boy, I tell you what. Let's make things simple. Not only that, but I want to talk to you about this now, number three. Embrace contentment. Embrace contentment. Not only do we need to ensure that we eliminate clutter and exercise communication, but we need to embrace contentment. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, the Apostle Paul makes this great statement. He says, not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Boy, contentment. You want to talk about something that will cause you to lack peace, that will bring frustration and confusion in your life? It's a lack of contentment. We're talking about making life simple. When when you are not content, you cannot tell me your life is simple. It's a nightmare. First of all, contentment tempers expectation. For instance, concerning other people's expectations. It's amazing to me. How complicated life can become when we're trying to live up to everybody else's expectations for our lives. When I when when I look at this crowd and I think, I wanna I wanna live up to his expectations, her expectations, his, hers, his, hers, and his, 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 and hers, hers, and boy, I'll tell you what, my life's gonna be a wreck. It's gonna be a wreck. And you want to know the truth? Sometimes we, we find ourselves in that spot. And, and listen, may I say that as a young people, you ought to want to measure up to your parents' expectations and you ought to want to measure up to those leaders to, to a degree. But let me tell you something. You know what would solve all of that problem in our lives? Is if we would have the biblical perspective. And you know what the biblical perspective is on expectation? That we please Him. Well, I'll tell you what, if you made pleasing him your first priority, then all the rest of your relationships and circumstances would fall into place. If I would do that, then I wouldn't have to worry about when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him, the Bible says. When a believer finally understands and embraces the fact that our greatest responsibility is to please God and live up to His expectations, we will find that our lives are far less complicated. We now only need to please Him. We can focus our attention on Him. We don't have to worry about this one and that one and over here and when I'm in this situation, this circumstance, when I'm over at this location, that location, when I visit Uncle John and, and, and Aunt Susie or when I'm over... No, I just need to please my Master. Boy, it's an amazing thing, the pressure that it relieves and how much simpler life becomes when we're not trying to live up to everybody else's expectations. We're simply trying to live up to His. If my children will live up to God's expectations for their lives, my friend, I promise you this, I will be extremely happy and they will have, sur- they have, will have surpassed my expectations. I want them to be everything God wants them to be. But if they'll be everything God wants them to be, they'll probably surprise me even. If you know what I mean. So living up to one person's expectations is infinitely easier than living up to multiple expectations. And it simplifies our lives. So contentment... It tempers expectation. First of all, we said it concerning others' ex- uh, expectations, but also concerning our own. You know, when you expect everything to be just right all the time, perfect, without flaw, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. You know, you're, you are sure to be overwhelmed most of the time when you're putting those kind of expectations. Well, I have to be Perfect. Well, good luck. You're going to be a frustrated pup. You're going to find yourself in a real low place. You're going to forever be frustrated with yourself. You're going to forever feel that you don't measure up. I'm telling you, you're not going to have any simplicity in your life at all. You will only have complexity. It'll be confusion and frustration all the time in your life. You'll wonder why you feel so overwhelmed constantly because you're trying to live in a way that's impossible. Putting unrealistic expectations on yourself. See, I'm not, listen, let things be less than perfect. And I know somebody's looking at me going, uh, really? I know you, you freak out. You walk in a room, you see a picture a little crooked. You're like, hey, there's something wrong here. You got to straighten that up. I, I get that, but hold on. That, I'm not just talking about that, but, well, I am kind of talking about that too. But, but, but still, frustration will again complicate things. And, you know, in our our lives, we need to, again, we're not encouraging some par standards, some subpar standards. I'm not endorsing a lazy attitude or apathetical mindset. That's not what I'm promoting. I am promoting, though, that we can be less than perfect without making ourselves bad people. And, again, we're to live up to Christ's expectations. And I know that his expectations far exceed what we can even imagine. I get it. But, listen, the truth is you will not live a perfect life. Not just sinful life. I'm talking about a perfect life in that everything you do. Boy, I'll tell you what right now. If it was up to me to put these door jams in, if I was the only one that was working on the walls and had to do all the dry, the the finished drywall work, if I was the one that was putting this floor stage on, I promise you it wouldn't look as nice as it does. And if I expected myself to live up to that expectation of myself, I would never find peace in my life. I'd be so frustrated with myself. I could never say that life was simple. It would be more complicated than I can even imagine. Contentment tempers expectation. Contentment tables frustration. See, again, many are very frustrated with their present situations, their, their, their present condition whether it be their finances or their relationships, their situation at work, whatever it might be. And frustration, again, is complicating things. It's a form of clutter. Frustration is nothing more than clutter in your life. And when you and I learn to be content in whatsoever state we are, like the Apostle Paul spoke of in Philippians, it tables that frustration. Again, it doesn't mean that we no longer strive to obtain goals and better ourselves. That's not what we're saying. It's not that we don't strive to, to, to obtain goals toward ourselves or our families or even our situation. No, those are good. But it does mean that we can look at ourselves and our present condition without feeling so discouraged and stressed out about it all the time. See, life is so much simpler when we learn to be content. Listen, if you can make, if you can make $100 more a week and not compromise your Christianity, make $100 more a week if, that, if that's what, what does it for you, if you like that. I mean, if you're a guy and you can make $100 more a week and the situation won't change your life and it won't take you away from the responsibilities of the house of God, it won't affect your relationship with the Lord. You've prayed about it and it's certainly a wonderful situation. By all means, better your financial situation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the sense that you can't better yourself. You can't do more in that respect. But my friend, so many times we find ourselves in a place or a position in our lives where really there is no other alternative or option and we just can't come to grips with it. And it eats at us and it eats with us. Maybe you're in a position physically that you are limited because of your physical abilities and you are frustrated to tears by that and you keep saying, God, why don't you fix me? God, why don't you heal me? God, what are you doing about that? And you're saying it like that in your heart. Let me tell you something, friend. What you need to eventually be able to do is be content in whatsoever state you are and pretty soon life will become so much less frustrating and that means the clutter will be removed and that brings you simplicity. Simplicity. Boy, life is so complicated many times because we just can't accept what is in our lives. And that husband of mine is not what I really wanted. I thought he would be, but he isn't. You better learn to get content, man, or you're going to have no simplicity in your life at all. You will only have frustration and confusion. And by the way, it's the same way the other way around, too. I'm not saying stop working on ourselves, t- trying to make our relationship better. I'm saying, though, that there are things that just aren't going to be fixed at times overnight. You better learn to be content. Otherwise, simplicity is outside, the reach of your, your, outside your reach. So contentment, though, will table that frustration. By the way, smile every chance you get. That's a good thing. Smile every opportunity you get. Not because life has been easy. Not because it's been perfect or exactly as you kind of planned it out, but because you choose to be happy, because you choose to be grateful. You say, for what? Well, for all the good things that you do have. And you know what? By the way, we ought to be happy. We ought to be grateful for all the problems that we know we don't have. Just think what you could be dealing with. Well, I'll tell you, one of the blessings in the ministry, as much as it's a curse, mind you, is to walk into a hospital and have to deal with people that are hurting and in need, that are going through such trials and tribulation in their lives. And you say, that's got to be difficult. It is difficult. And it's, it's hard because you care about people and you're watching them suffer and you hate to see them suffer. But my friend, when I walk out of a hospital room like that, I thank God and I say, thank you, God. I don't have what they have. Thank you, God, for the help you've given me. Oh, it's not that I don't have a few pains here and there. It's not that everything's always exactly the way I'd want it to be. I can't slam dunk a basketball. And I can't run a 4 And I can't lift a thousand pounds just shy of it. But I just, I'm just saying right now that there's some things that I can't do that I wish I could. But boy, I tell you what, I learned to be content and say thank you, Lord, for what I do have. <laughs> Finally, contentment terminates complications. And we've kind of just kind of there, you know. It tempers the expectation. It it tables frustration, and it temp it terminates complication. Now, all of a sudden, things aren't so frustrating. And when frustration and confusion are in our lives, <laughs> there's nothing pleasant about that. We need to simplify our lives. Simplify our lives. So, over these last few weeks, we've talked about that. We. We've tried to identify a way to simplify our lives. And we said, eliminate the clutter in your life. Exercise communication. Talk to people. Interact and identify the real threats. Find out whether or not that what's being built up in your mind and the problems that you may suppose exist, whether they're even real or not. In your marriage, talk to your wife or your husband. Communicate with one another. It'll help to air things out at times. You say, it's tough. We just can't do it without arguing and fighting. And then find some mediator to help you with that. Maybe your pastor or somebody else that can help you sit down and talk like human beings without losing your minds. Because until you get a handle on communicating with one another, you're going to have frustration. And if you have frustration, you do not have simplicity. It is the simplicity of the gospel that we need. God never intended that marriages be a war zone. They should be simple. We'll talk about that in a series that I'm going to have concerning marriage and simplicity here in a little while. But, But boy, how important is that? So, the thought to be remembered, we'll never do simple well until we make things simple. So make things simple. By eliminating the clutter, by exercising communication, embracing contentment, Find out what's causing that frustration. like, get rid of that. Make it simple and then do it well. The gospel's simple. Did you know that? Think about this. I was sitting on stage just a moment ago. Simple gospel. We're going to close this out, but watch this. If I can make it real simple, sin, a savior, a sacrifice, salvation, and then this wonderful thing we get to do after that, service. I mean, there's nothing complicated about about salvation, about getting saved, about knowing Christ, about having Him indwell us and ultimately have a home in heaven one day. Our sin separates us from God. That's pretty simple. It's not God that's got His back toward me anymore. It's me that's got my back toward Him. It's that sin in my life that I need to turn from. And we're walking in a direction headed to the wrong place, to a place called the Lake of Fire. And all of a sudden now, because of the sacrifice on Calvary and the blood that was shed on behalf of each and every one of us, the Lord Jesus Christ no longer needs to turn his back on us. He now faces us with open arms and says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we're walking on that path headed the wrong direction. And there comes a point in our life where we recognize that we're the sinner that Jesus died for, where we're the one that he paid the price for. And we say, I need Christ. I need His forgiveness. I need His shed blood. I'm a sinner headed to hell. And we take an about face and turn to Him. And He in His loving graciousness receives us unto Himself. and He gives to us everlasting life. And He comes in and dwells us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And He loves on us like never before in a very personal, intimate way. Oh, He always has loved every creation. But when we become His children, there's a different, unique kind of relationship that begins. And I just want to encourage you, if you don't know Christ today, there's never been a time, I'm not talking about know about Him. I mean, He's never turned from your sin and turned to the Savior, Jesus Christ. You never said, I need to look to Christ. Look and live, the passage says. May I say to you, you need to look today. He will cause or give to you everlasting life. He'll forgive your sin and He'll make you part of His family. And boy, you'll have someone to go through every difficult time with. I'm not saying you won't have difficult times. And I'm not even going to tell you that he's going to fix every one of your problems. But you'll never go through them alone again. You'll always have Him by your side. And by the way, you owe him. You wouldn't have life if it wasn't for him. You need to give him your best because he deserves your best. Cease your rebellion and turn to Christ today if you haven't already. And if you know Christ is your Savior, let's simplify our lives a little bit. Let's get rid of that clutter. Let's communicate like we ought to. Let's make sure that we're content as we ought to be so that we can do the simple well. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this opportunity that we have, Lord, just to be a part of your family. Bless us now in these next couple of moments.